0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Talk with Susan, Our Stories, Journeys to Thriving. And I have an important guest with me today. Um, Her name is Creed. And uh, we actually uh, took the same podcasting class together. So um, it's nice to have a fellow podcaster with me. Creed Revere, is that how you pronounce your last name?
1: Revere. Mm -hmm. Revere. Mm -hmm.
0: And um, Creed has her own podcast um, that I suggest that you go and listen to. It's a wonderful podcast um, called The Estranged Heart. And I usually like to start with a quote about my guest. And this I took from Preet's Facebook page. And uh, I think it was from today. She posted a photo of her 40-year-old self. And this is 12 years ago. And she speaks of it this way. I was just three months out from having finally accepted my soulmate was never coming back and that our relationship was, in fact, over. Wow, I looked great at 40, tanned short, sassy hair, thin. At the time this photo was taken, I had no idea yet that my life was on a collision course to change in every possible way. Just two and a half months later, I would find myself moving 3,000 miles away from everything and everyone I knew to start life over. That girl was just that, still a girl. The next decade would turn her into a woman. May have been middle-aged and should have been filled with some wisdom, but I was so utterly lost in heart and soul. I could never have known the amount of heartbreak that was headed my way. I could never have known in that moment the amount of joy and compassion and wisdom and love that I would cultivate over the next decade. I am so very glad I did not allow my heart to become jaded and that I welcome change. I like myself so much more today than the woman in this photo did. So welcome Creed. And how are you thriving? How about we start with that?
1: Oh my goodness. Um, My life is, is definitely thriving today. And I have to say hearing my words spoken by someone else. Um, Wow. Mm. (laughs) Um, That's quite emotional. (laughs) Thank you for that um, gift because it kind of solidifies what I was feeling when I made the post um, today. And just that reflection of how far I've come and how different my life looks today than it did when I was 40.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And while there's been lots of heartache and heartbreak along the way, <clears throat> all of that has cultivated. We
0: froze. Oh. Yeah, so let me know how you're thriving
1: in your life. Yeah, life looks completely different than it did when I was 40, right? Um, I have, oh my goodness, been through so much in this last 12 years or so, because when that photo was taken that you referenced earlier, um, I was still living in Florida, ending of my 10-year relationship. Um, and was had finally faced the fact that it was over, um, and decided to pick up and move 3,000 miles away from life that I had wow. known for 40 years. And so relocated to the opposite side of the country, and um, with my 15-year-old daughter at the time, and which, if anyone knows, moving a teenager in the middle of high school was not necessarily mm. the... easiest thing in the world um and but we started over here and you know it's been a journey and it's one that has led me to this place of of having cultivated over these last 12 years love and compassion and joy and um wisdom that i did not have when i was 40 um I can't necessarily say I didn't have it. I it just wasn't it wasn't on the on the front burner, so to speak. Yeah. Um, there were moments, right, that I I did well, but um I wasn't super happy with myself. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, and that's something that I can say that today I am thriving by being happy with who I am today. That's and I wonderful. Think that's my definition of thriving.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's great. I'm so happy. very happy yeah and and it comes through in uh on your Facebook page it comes through when I listen to you on your podcast um that my gosh it sounds like you have it all together you know (laughs) you, (laughs) you know I'm really I'm impressed of your wealth of knowledge and I know that a lot of it is through your own experience Um, You do state that on your podcast, it's just, you had to go through some really tough times and come out on the other side to be able to give the, uh, your audience, this wisdom that you have. And I would imagine every time you speak of it, it must be, well, you tell me how it is. Every time you speak of it, it does, does it pull at your emotional heartstrings? Is that does it get easier as you talk about, you know, what you've experienced?
1: Yeah, those are great questions. And, you know, it's interesting. This is actually something that has, um, recently come, come to me as, as I've been doing the podcast. So I started the podcast. My first episode was, went live on Halloween of last year. So it's new, it's still a baby and it's infancy. Right. Um, And I've, I've noticed that through the podcast, I do get emotional. I mean, I I get emotional. I can't, I cannot talk about the subject of estrangement and reconciliation without getting emotional because Mm -hmm. it was, it was by far the, I thought the ending of my 10 year relationship was, was difficult. It didn't Mm -hmm. hold a candle to Mm. my estrangement experience with my children and so how can that not pull at my heartstrings I I mean it just every time I talk about my specific experience my you know certain things that that you know I talk about in the podcast the time that I was in the grocery store Mm -hmm. and you know just started sobbing in the middle of the meat aisle you know um I remember that like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. However, there, there's also another part of the podcast that is, has helped me to continue to um, what I call plow for the the, the harvest, right? I, I mm-hmm. still am finding things about myself mm-hmm. that I did not know. And every That's time good. I talk about the estrangement, it just... I'm learning something new, mm-hmm. and so that's been a bit of a surprise to me. I didn't think that that—I mm. mean—that was never something that I thought would happen, but
0: it certainly yeah. has. And that's really a gift to yourself, mm-hmm. because as we live our lives, we that that journey of self-discovery just needs to continue. Absolutely, and we talk I a it's... lot about the curiosity, and um, yeah, yeah. Are you comfortable um, talking about? the estrangement sure you know because I think that is an important part of the backstory that brought you to the work that you're doing today and how you're helping others
1: yeah absolutely um so in 2016 uh both of my I have two daughters I don't have any son and both of my daughters estranged from me January of 2016 mm-hmm. and um when it happened I didn't know that that's what was happening. Hmm. Um, I, I've never been an overbearing mom in, in, in the way of I need to be in contact with my children on a, you know, a daily basis and, and that type of thing. It was nothing out of the ordinary for us to go a week or so without contact with one another. Mm-hmm. And so yes. a couple of weeks had gone by and I hadn't heard anything from anyone. And so, that, you know, it's a text and tried to call and my calls went to voicemail and no response to my texts no return mm-hmm. phone calls and so i started to think what i what what's happening and, and mm-hmm. usually if i couldn't reach one daughter i could reach the other right And you know double check and you know how's your sister doing and things like that and i couldn't reach either one of them mm-hmm. and um and that's when i knew something was up um, prior to, to the actual estrangement, there had been um, an occasion for one of my daughters to reach out to me. And she wanted me to, she, she was worried about my mental health. I was in a, um, going through a separation at the time. I was uh, in a relationship that I was in. I had an extremely, highly stressful job. Mm-hmm. And so it just it was kind of like this perfect storm that was all just coming together and landed in, in this estrangement, um, Mm -hmm. coming to be. And so with that phone call, um, from her wanting to check in on my mental health, um, it was a, it was a tense conversation and, and it just, it didn't go well. And so I reflected back on that and I was like, Hmm, I wonder if I've just made them upset or mad kind of thing. And then, um, and then I just, I, I, I had no contact with them. They blocked me on social media. Um, I, again, had, could not reach anybody by phone, by text, mm. no, no nothing. And so, um, and at the time I didn't know what the word estrangement, I, I had never heard of it. I didn't know that's mm. what I was, that that's what was happening.
0: Mm. Um,
1: and so I went into a, a pretty big spiral. I mean, I just, you know, what at first it was like, oh, they'll get over it or, you know, things will improve. Just give them some time kind of thing. But as time went on, there was no contact and mm. I was still blocked from social media. I was, I had no, I had zero idea outside of talking with my parents to know that my girls were okay because mm. they remained in contact with my parents. Um, and so a couple months into it, I was just in a, in a tailspin. I mean, it was... It was the worst pain I had ever known in my life. Mm -mm. Um, And I think that most of us as parents think on some level that if everyone else in the world walks away from us, our children will remain, Mm
0: -hmm. that -hmm. our
1: children will never leave us. And I know that's what I thought. And so when that happened, it was for me nothing nothing in this world was certain nothing mm, mm. because i i mean if your children will leave you, you you thought that was the one thing the one thing in life that that you could always count on right yeah. that would just, just without a shadow of doubt that they would always be there and so when they were not there yeah. and i learned they were not willingly going to be there um it it was it was devastating it's it was like devastating. your
0: feet your feet aren't on a firm foundation any longer it's like or i don't want to put words in your mouth but it must be like you're just uh in a place of um oh god like falling off of a cliff and exactly. you just stepped out off that cliff and you're not going anywhere you're just hanging there right Now, in retrospect, can you think of anything in that conversation that would have, and now I'm not saying that you created this because you know better than anyone, right? And we'll get into the dynamics of estrangement because that's so important. Looking back at that conversation, can you see a, a pivotal point where that created that estrangement? Well,
1: what's interesting is that um, kind of fast forwarding um, to this past December was the first time that my girls and I, I mean, we've since reconciled, but it was the first time that we actually had a conversation about why the estrangement occurred. Um, Oh, but this wasn't
0: the first time that you came together. It was just the first time you had a conversation.
1: Right, right. Um, And it really... Um, my, what I thought caused the estrangement was totally not what caused the estrangement. And that's, and that's what I try to, when I'm working with estranged moms, um, that's what I'm trying to help them to understand is that oftentimes it's, it has, it's something completely different than what you think it is. And Mm. without going into, you know, it. The stories, um, and I talk in my podcast that you know I don't reveal things about my daughters that are their stories to tell. Um, right. But and without going into that, I will say that that first phone, the phone call that I thought started the estrangement, had nothing That's to do not with it. it. Had had it was zero probably to
0: do an accumulation of things. Exactly, some parts exactly that were it. happening mm-hmm. along the way. And for children, were you married? were you married when you, no, you weren't married. Um, but they had a relationship with that man. Was that a solid relationship? No, I was a single mom
1: for, for many of most of their growing up years. Um, I was partner, my partner of 10 years, um, was there basically for, um, my second daughter, um, as she was growing up, my daughters are seven years apart. So there's Mm -hmm. a big age difference between the two of them. Um, but, their, their fathers were not involved. Um, and Mm -hmm. so there was, it, it basically was the three of us. And I think that that's another piece to the whole estrangement that, that caught me so off guard was because Mm -hmm. it had always just been the three of us for the most part. You know, it was kind of like the three of us would always be together, you know, just this, this unit. And so then when that, that dissolved, um, it was, it was, it was, it was something else.
0: I, I can't imagine. And we've spoken previous to this about that fine line, you know, that there's a fine line between being in conflict with a family member. And what is it? Where is that line that takes you to that place of estrangement versus figuring it out without having to go there? Right. And, you know, that's something I've experienced myself Mm -hmm. in a conflict with a family member. And, um, oh my God, the fear that of being estranged because now it involves, um, you know, my, your son or my son, it was with my daughter-in-law. So The fear now is, oh, no, I can't be estranged from her because then I'll be estranged from him. And then there are four grandchildren involved. And um, I I understood my experience was I had to create space. Uh I had to create space and let time evolve. And then what I ended up doing was just connecting again, and just behaving as if nothing happened, right? Just to normalize our lives. Uh You know, we said things that were hurtful to each other. But I think I can speak for myself. And I think I can speak for her that we're, we want to be in right relationships. And I want to talk about that because what happens when, oh, man, this is tough. I think this is a really tough thing to answer. Is it because people that are estranged don't want to be in right relationship? I wouldn't think that they don't want to be in right relationship. It's it's more complicated than that.
1: It's, it's much more complicated than that. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's multi-layered. Um, it's never, I've not, I've not heard of or talked with anyone where it has been one thing that sparked the estrangement. It's generally, there is generally the one thing that people talk about, uh, the parents talk about is, um, is usually the straw that broke the camel's back. It's the event that, the, the adult children are like, okay, I've had enough. That's it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's that, the straw that broke the camel's back is usually the event that the estranged parents talk about that that's the cause or the catalyst for the estrangement when in reality, and this is what I learned with my girls is it was just that, the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. It, there's a whole backstory. Um, of events and experiences that happen between both the strange parties that lead up to that mm-hmm. um, and lots of hurt, lots of things that are said, as you mentioned, you know, to hurt one another mm-hmm. and those hurt, those, those, one of the things I talk about on my podcast, the things that um, bring forth those nasty comments and things that are so hurtful is oftentimes our own traumas that we carry from childhood are being triggered
0: Mm -hmm. by
1: something that someone else says or does that we then are reactive instead of responsive Mm -hmm. to and that and then that starts the ball rolling
0: yeah and i i so recognize that Mm -hmm. yeah i so recognize that but I'm a firm believer in that every experience, good, bad, ugly, whatever, is to, to give us a lesson. Yes. You Agreed. know, yeah. That there's a very important valuable lesson to be learned because you just don't want it to happen again. Right. You know?
1: Right. Yeah. And and from my perspective, our um the events that happen in our lives that are so traumatic and, and estrangement is traumatic. Um, especially when you're talking, I mean, it's, it, parents don't seem to, for the most part, it's hard for them to see the, that hmm. it being traumatic on the child's end because they're, they're like, well, they made this decision. And so their life is happy. And they're, and it's not, it's not, hmm. I've talked with adult children and they're not happy it, they're not in a place of, I'm absolutely glad this happened. You know, hmm. they may, say that, they may put forth that face that they're okay and glad that it happened. But deep down inside, when you start digging into it and you really start talking with, with them about it, they're not mm. happy. They don't, they wish it were different, right? Um, they've just come to this place of, res, you know, resolve that this is, this is what it is. And it's probably not going to get any better. Yeah. Um, but that's not, and, and of course, parents have the the trauma of, of not having their children around. And based off of a whole host of reasons, you know, I was really young. I was a young parent when I went through my estrangement, but I, I work with and know of parents that are, you know, in their seventies, eighties that are estranged from their children. Mm -hmm. And that brings a whole host of other things to consider um, for estrangement when you're talking Mm -hmm. about someone who's reaching towards the end of their life and, and, you know, those types of things Yeah, and it's trauma to not have, you know, people there that you thought would be there till the end of time.
0: Mm So, yeah. And, and when you were talking about, um, the parent thinking that the child is fine with this, you know, it's, um, or maybe the child thinking the parent is fine with this, it's that, um, Oh, what am I trying to say? It's that face we put on, we yes. put forward. It protects mm-hmm. us. We're yes. protected if we say, this doesn't bother me. Because I mm-hmm. went through that after the conversation. I just was like, I'm angry. And um, you know what? I'm just going to, I have to live with myself. And I didn't do anything wrong. And um, it took time for me to do mm-hmm. that, that inner work mm-hmm. and settle myself down right but i think that's part of it that you just protect yourself Mm -hmm. yeah
1: we all have those protector parts that come out and again that's coming from your childhood stuff what i call your childhood stuff right that's coming in and saying you know it's kind of like i i i talk about it and for myself like it's the little creed that is saying Mm -hmm. Oh, no, 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 we're not going down this road again, because last time we went down this road, you got really, really hurt. And so we're Mm going to put up these walls and we're going to put up the daggers Mm -hmm. and we're going to do all of these things to protect you from being hurt again. Mm -hmm. And that's the mask that we put on Mm -hmm. this mask of I'm fine and You go on with your life. I don't need you. Mm. All of those, you know, I don't want a relationship with you. I'm okay by myself. Mm -hmm. Those are all of our protector parts that come up and say, uh, -uh, we can't have this again. We can't, we can't because last time it was really, it was really hurtful. And the last time that probably happened to you, I don't know, might, might've been when you were six years old. Right. And so your little six-year-old self is the one there that's having this panic attack again right because it's reminding this little creed of what happened before Mm -hmm. and so that's the part those are the parts that are playing front and center and that's what's seen and that's what people are making judgments about and that's what people are struggling with Mm -hmm. and things like that when there's so much behind the scenes that's causing these these little folks to talk I, I make comments about this often that you know, these adults that are walking around in the world today are just just nothing but six year old kids in adult bodies, right? <laughs> I think They're just.
0: That's true. I think it that's is so true. true.
1: Yes, we have so many hurts and pains from our childhood, and when I say that, parents parents usually jump to conclusions that I'm pointing fingers and blaming them, and I'm not. I'm not. No, I know. I'm simply not. saying that it is by the very nature of being human. Mm-hmm we are going to experience traumas because we don't know what we don't know. As mm-hmm. parents, we parent our children in ways that we've learned how to parent by watching our parents and you know, so on and so forth. And that's not always the best way, but it's the only way we know how. We're not given mm-hmm. an instruction manual when our, we go home from the hospital with our children that says you do this and don't do that. As a parent, we don't get that. And so it's on the job training, it's Mm -hmm. on the job learning, and we're going to make mistakes. We're human, we're human, Mm -hmm. we're going to make mistakes, but our children are hurt by some of those mistakes. Yes, they are. By admitting that, and that's what I had to do with my girls. I had to say, I hurt you and I am so sorry. I did not mean to do that. And I get emotional every time I talk about this because I had no purposeful intent to hurt my children.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: know. At the same time, I hurt my children.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I had to face that. And that's mm-hmm. hard. That's yeah, really, it is. really hard to do.
0: Because I've experienced that also in my relationship with my three sons yes. places and uh, experiences where I, I can look back and say, you know, you can say I did the best that I could with the tools that I had, but those mistakes that you make are still profound. Yes. And to be able to come to your children and have a conversation about it and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I hurt you that way and not be defensive and say, well, this is because this is why. And, Mm -mm. and it was your father and it was, you know, whatever. Right. Freaking excuses are just the pure essence of forgive me, forgive me. And I went through that with one of my sons and, um, where I, I, and I, remember the day i remember the time very clearly when i said i'm i'm sorry and he in essence said you know i'm sorry that you know i wasn't easy either and i'm sorry but he was the child you know even the adult child is still the child right so right. you at some point um when you're the creator of the hurt at some point you have to own up to that right Right, And you have to be the one to say the words. Because I think with that comes healing for, for you, me, for them. And I'm so glad that you've come to a place of reconciliation with them. And that those conversations where you spoke of what it was that caused it, wow, difficult, very difficult. But without those conversations, there was probably no way you could come to a place of reconciliation.
1: It would have been next to impossible. Mm-hmm. And this is one this is actually my my dream that I, I want the, the dream work that I want to do um, with the estranged heart is actually um, to help help the parents and adult children who have no contact with one another. Um, to, to come together and eventually like perhaps being like a mediator of sorts and trying to help parents to have that. Because I hear that often from, from parents is I can't say, I'm sorry, because they won't talk to me. I can't do this. And I can't do that because they won't talk to me. And while I believe that there is work that you can do as a parent without communication with your children, there is also a piece of this that you know, to have, have reconciliation, there has to be two parties to be able to reconcile. And so that, you know, and there's a whole other, you know, a whole lot involved with that. Um, but, but the, the starting point for me with my children was, as you said, to have that conversation and apologize without the, but, or the, and you know, I'm sorry that I hurt you and you were a difficult child or like there's, it's it to, for an apology to be an apology, it's to simply apologize for what you have done or said, no, nothing else.
0: And drop it and leave it drop there. Drop it.
1: Exactly. Because to say anything further invalidates your apology it just invalidates it. They don't hear it. When when you say I am so sorry that I hurt you, you know, I was going through such a hard time with you know your father and I were in the middle of a divorce and it it they haven't even heard the apology at this point. All yeah, they're hearing yeah. is but because you're but, making
0: because you're just making excuses. Right. Why it happened. And they right. don't want to hear that.
1: Exactly. Just the apology and re- and acknowledging the fact that that you have hurt them again mm-hmm. if we think about any other relationships that we have right we don't if we we've we've hurt a friend we've hurt you know a coworker what have you if if we go and say i am so sorry that i hurt you right and then you go on and you like that's it like if we if we go on with the- <laughs> this rambling narrative about why we hurt them. They don't, they're not interested in that. They're interested mm-hmm. in saying, I was hurt by you.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: need an apology from you mm-hmm. for my hurt. Mm-hmm. And so when we, we, we can give that, we give validation to their hurt, their pain. It's not up to us to judge. Was it really painful? Well, it was only well, we, you know, how bad was it really? Oh, maybe 20%. I don't think it was the whole hundred percent that you're making it out to be. That's not up to us. That was their experience. That's right. That's we don't right. want someone to judge our experience of yeah. our pain. You're right. It's not fair to judge theirs. So just an apology, if they've said they have been hurt by something, apologize for their to them for their hurt hurting them. It's not an Mm -hmm. apology or you don't, you don't have to believe that you were just this horrible, cruel parent. That's not what this is about.
0: Mm. It's not your ego. It's not your own ego. Right. It's about their hurt. it's hard letting go of ego.
1: Very hard, very hard for most people. And that's what I see in so many, I'm in so many estranged parents groups and things like that. Um, and the parents that I've worked with, it's really hard for them to come out of that ego place. Mm. It's really hard The, The when I have the most success with that is when I start talking about and referencing back to their childhood. And then they start to see that's when the, the ahas come generally. Um, but it takes getting them to go there. And some of them just absolutely refuse. They just will not. And I know that that comes from immense hurt and pain. Um, from their own childhood but that's the key
0: that work is so interesting to me that inner child work Mm -hmm. you know and I've listened to um podcasts about that and seen courses about that and it's just very interesting to me and I it's so relevant and I've experienced a little bit and um yeah (laughs) That's a whole, that's a whole other podcast, right? Right. Oh (laughs) my God.
1: And that's, but that, and that's the work that I did in therapy. I talk about all the time on my podcast, that it was, it was therapy that got me to a place where I could see that that's what, that's what they needed was my apology, right? That got my, out of my ego. We talk about my own hurts and stuff in my own childhood from my own mother, who I know my mother loves me to death she's always loved me nonetheless she yeah. hurt me yeah. and so when i was able to see that that's when i went
0: oh okay. right putting the shoe on the other foot right 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 familial relationships are so complicated they're mm-hmm. they're, they're more complicated than friends i think mm-hmm. relationships with children i don't know i they can be more complicated than with a spouse.
1: I agree. I agree. But they're also the place where we can have tremendous, tremendous growth, personal growth, mm-hmm. if we're willing to step into it and allow it to, what I say, have its way with us, right? It's and an interesting
0: way of putting it, having mm-hmm. its way with us. And yeah. that's a, that's scary. Mm-hmm. It's so very having- scary having its way with us means means
1: allowing all allowing all of the fears that we've worked so hard all of our life to hold at bay Mm -hmm. it's a it's allowing them to come in and have a seat at the table with us
0: oh my
1: god and to have those conversations with us that we've never wanted to have and talk about the things we've never wanted to talk about and that's what that's having our way having its way with us right is 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 bringing up all of those things that we have been petrified to even dip a toe in let alone sit in um, our our entire life and but that's where the gold is and that's what i talk about all the time with people i work with is like I know you're scared. I know you're scared. I know this is scary, 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 scary stuff. I am here to tell you, I'm going to walk you through it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be here with you. I suggest you get a therapist and have your therapist walk you through it. But I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, there will be so many pearls of wisdom that you will find in the middle of all of this. Yuck, that will serve you for the rest of your life. Yeah.
0: That's beautiful. And it um, brings me to a post, The Safe Space, mm. a quote by Mel Robbins. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I love Mel Robbins. The safe space, someone who protects you, is someone you are 100% comfortable with and can always be yourself around. They make you laugh and remind you to not take yourself so seriously. They are always there to listen. Yes. And it sounds like that's the space that you're creating. Right. With this work that you do with people and they must, they must sense that.
1: I do. I, I have a lot of, um, you know, in the estrangement world, there are still by far the majority of parents. And I would probably venture to say probably 80% at this point are not necessarily open to Mm -hmm. my way of working with estrangement. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, and that's hard, but those, the the 20% that are there, I had, I had a woman reach out to me this past week Um, she's a member of my online support group and she reached out to me privately to, to tell me, she said, your last episode was just so filled with so many aha moments for me Mm
0: -hmm.
1: when she was able to make those connections of her childhood. Right. And and that that type of thing. And she feels that safety even, and it's kind of mm, a little odd to think that somebody could find safe space in that Um, podcast world right because we're not sitting in the room with someone but she feels that with me she feels my authenticity I'm very authentic in my Mm -hmm. in my podcast I'm very exactly who I am and um, she feels that and so because she felt safe enough through that experience of listening to my podcast she was able to to start connecting some dots And that, and she just, she just loves my work. And, um, and she's, because she's making these ahas, it's not because I'm the all be all know all I'm not, I'm not a professional in this world. I am simply coming at this from a place of my own experience. I've lived this, I've been down this road. And so I, and I understand this is another piece to this, that your listeners may be interested to know. I've also been the estranged child. Mm -hmm. There were times when I was estranged from my own mother. And so I have been on both sides of the Mm -hmm. fence, and it's, I, I can see it from both perspectives. And that's why I try to hold, be it, be in my authentic self, be present and helping people to, develop a sense of curiosity. That's all I'm asking people to do. But I think it's very hard to develop a sense of curiosity if you've got judgments all around you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's. It, I think of it as a child in school who, you know, might be curious about something, but they don't want to raise their hand because they don't want somebody to make fun of them for, oh, mm-hmm. you, what do you mean you don't know that, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. And I, I don't do that. That's not who I am. I welcome all curiosity i welcome that you know of course you may not know what this is you haven't you know this you've never lived this before you're in the middle of it right now those kinds of things and i think that people resonate with that
0: yeah and you have to stay curious through the whole process with someone because you're going to learn from it too exactly it's just not a one-sided relationship you know they come to you but you're there to learn too Mm-hmm. So, and it's, it's just wonderful. And I, I mean, we've only kind of messaged with each other, but um, I think I shared that your podcast resonates with me and it pulls up my heartstrings because there's so much depth in the human experience, you know? Bloody. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, another thing, where are we at? Oh my goodness. See, we go on and on. <laughs> Um, you spoke, um, I think it was in a post, not on a podcast. Oh, I know you put out a question about toxic versus dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. And that took me, you know, I'm curious. So I want to know, okay, so what is the definition of toxic and what is the definition of dysfunctional? And they're very different. Um, but, um, I'll just read what I found out. Dysfunctional relationships are relationships that do not perform their appropriate function. And then you have toxic family systems or relationships beginning with childhood families and carried into adulthood that are mentally, emotionally, and physically harmful to some or all of the participants. Dysfunctional relationships are those relationships that don't emotionally support the participants, foster communication, appropriately challenging them to prepare or fortify them for life in the larger world. All those things that if we've experienced them at any part in our life, can create the disconnect. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Create the disconnect that then can result in the estrangement.
1: Right. And we're talking about emotions, right? For the most part. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are some estrangements that that come about from physical abuse and sexual abuse and things like that. But what I find the most is that it's the emotion it's the emotional piece, um, that causes all, all of the discord and, and the final, you know, camel, the straw, broke camel's back and things like that is this, the emotional piece. And I think that it's hard for, you know, we talk, we've talked about the ego and, you know, childhood traumas and things like this. It's, it's really hard for most people to stay in a place of emotional nurturing and validation and things like that because we've got our own stuff that's just constantly being triggered and and that's where a lot of the breakdowns come you know our children are wanting they may not and it doesn't this is something else we talk about is that oftentimes their behaviors don't are are cover-ups For what they're really feeling inside. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes I hear parents talk about, you know, she's so angry, and I can resonate with this because I was, I was an angry child Mm -hmm. when I was growing up. And and parents talk about, well, you know, she was such a difficult child; she was angry all the time, and I just never knew what to do with her. And my first question is, what emotion was that anger covering up? And that and, and so therein lies the crux of this, right, is mm-hmm. all of these behaviors that the estranged adult children are demonstrating for the most part, and I haven't yet met one that it hasn't covered up some sort of deep-seated emotion, emotional um, void that they're, they're not getting, um, mm-hmm. some sort of emotional need is not being met, mm-hmm. hasn't been met, and so, and, but that's really, it's a hard place for parents to come to, and I, and I just because of the generational gaps Mm -hmm. and, you know, the ages of, of most parents compared to their, to their adult children. We have so much changed over the generations. I mean, back when my mom was parenting, emotions were not like, and your job was to feed and clothe and house and make sure your kids went to school. And like, <laughs> there was none of this emotional intelligence and you know, making sure your kids felt good emotionally that mm-hmm. was not mm-hmm. on the table. And today's kids, that's a huge piece. That is a huge, massive piece of parenting. And so they when they see that for their, themselves and for their own children, then they're thought, then they're left thinking, I didn't get this as a kid. Mm-hmm. you know, where, mm-hmm. where was my emotional needs being met? They weren't.
0: And mm-hmm.
1: so that kind of thing. And, and it continues. And again, I can, parents think I'm not pointing a finger at you. I'm not blaming you and saying you were a horrible parent. You didn't know, but it's important to recognize and accept and acknowledge the fact mm-hmm. that you didn't and that you mm-hmm. hurt your child in the process.
0: Mm-hmm. Along the way, um, just getting to know you through your Facebook page and your podcast, I realized something pretty profound for me. That I've said, I've said to my children, and only through your podcasting and Facebook group, I've understood that it was a harmful thing that I did. Is that? when they talk about a story in their childhood, and I respond, that's just your perception. That doesn't mean that's what really happens. Just your perception. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. And I did that. I did that a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't know about a lot, but I did it. Sure. And I've even done it with my own siblings when we've had conversations about Uh, My sisters and I are close. There are four of us. We've talked about childhood and and the dynamics of, you know, our own family. And even in those conversations, let's say my sister is saying one thing and we could be talking about the same thing that happened and have two totally different perceptions of it. But it's not just perception, it's experience, each person's reality of it and each person's experience of it. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I only just, yeah. Thank you
1: for being vulnerable enough to share that because that is, that is exactly
0: what I'm talking about. When I talk about how, we, and
1: it was, you know, we, as a child, when I, when you're crying as a mom and your child, your, you know, eight-year-old comes up to you and says, mom, why, mommy, why are you crying? And you say, oh, I'm not crying. And they're like, but yes, you are. <laughs> you know, like you're trying to convince them you're not crying because you you're trying to protect them. You're coming at it from this perspective. I don't want to upset them. I want to protect them and they don't need to worry about me. But yet reality is you are crying and you are telling them what they're seeing is not
0: real. And that creates confusion for them, right? Their reality then becomes confused. And I went into doing some reading about this because of Mm -hmm. what your, your work that you're doing. And I was not familiar with gaslighting, and I'm reading about. It, I'm like, oh my god, I'm at fault for this, and probably right. most of us are. But- yes, yes, and that this is, this is what I'm.
1: Oh my gosh, this is. If I can just get parents to understand this, and not even not just the strange parents, but all parents, right? Is that you're going through life, and you're 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 trying to parent as best you can there are things you don't know and by because of that your children are going to be hurt they're going to grow up they're going and this is another piece of coming back to your like the experience with your sister that your sisters um, that i find too i hear this often in the estrangement world is well i have three other kids and none of them have the issue that this one over here has And none of them say that their childhood was anything like this one says.
0: And it's the exact
1: same thing you're talking about.
0: Every person pointing to me. Right. Same thing.
1: Every person has their own experience Mm -hmm. of their parents. You have your own experience of your children Mm
0: -hmm.
1: separate from their other parent. Mm -hmm. Their other parent may, how many times? I don't know about you, but I have had this conversation. What do you mean she's being difficult? She's not difficult around me. (laughs) We have two different experiences of Mm. the same child because we're two different people. Your children are going to have a different experience of you as a parent, right?
0: Based off their experience. Right all throughout their lives, not only yes. in childhood, but they're all adults now, exactly from 34 to 41. And hmm. mm-hmm. wow. yeah, yeah, we're all individuals,
1: and so we were none of us are going to think exactly alike and do exactly alike and all of, be in the world exactly alike. It's just it, we, it's just not real, that's not possible.
0: Mm -hmm. and so and you can't rewind time no can't go back no and say if i knew then would i know that now because it's part of the human experience and the relationships now through my own self-awareness and maybe their self-awareness just become all the more richer yes deeper yes yeah
1: yes and less um So like my, my relationship with my girls today are, um, as you said, deeper than they've ever been. We are able, I leave, I used to leave their homes and I would fret and worry and like, Mm. Oh, you know, are, are they thinking about this or, Oh, did they? Did they remember to, you know, call somebody to look at that roof? And like, I'm just, you know, like all over the map with worry about. Very common. Right. You know, what are they doing with their lives? and Making sure that everything is in order for them. Control. And now, right, that control. And now that we have, we have gone through this estrangement experience, I have made my apologies um, and, and have, made restitution, if you will, through my apologies to them with, with it being sincere and -hmm. without the buts and ands, Mm -hmm. um, with that, um, I leave their homes now and I have a smile on my face and I think, wow, those are, those are some pretty amazing human beings right there. Mm -hmm. And I go on with my life. I I'm living my life without this concern and, and, Insisting that I have control over everything. It's freed me. Yes.
0: Yes. It's And, freed me. Yeah.
1: Amazing. and it's amazing that out of to, to be at this place today of feeling free and having deep, rich relationships with my daughters came out of utter destruction what mm-hmm. I felt was utter destruction mm-hmm. right and I'm sure that they did too on some level mm-hmm. utter destruction where I thought we're never going to come out of this I thought the end that was the end like I thought there was no way that we would ever
0: get beyond that mm-hmm. and and I'm sure your heart has stopped aching because that's a real physical feeling it absolutely your heart is. aches yes. Yep. like uh, when you're any other muscle aches when it's been strained or hurt yes so i am just so sincerely happy for you thank that you. you have come to this place i'm grateful for your journey yes because now you're in a place and i think you are going to go and help a lot of people i think you will be a mediator for people i really do you know that would be lovely thank you yeah Yeah. You just keep that vision and you're moving toward it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Very, very, very good. And I just have a lot more things I could talk about, but I want you to, um, before we wrap it up, just let the audience know about your Facebook group, just in case anyone, is interested in, in looking into that and, and joining. Sure. It. Yeah. Um, it's a Facebook
1: support group for moms who are estranged from their adult children. Um, and so they can find the, um, go on Facebook and just search estranged mothers support group, okay. um, That's the name of it. And I'm happy to, to help anyone I can, if, if I, if I can, I'm happy to do that.
0: hmm absolutely and I'll, and I'll make mention of that on the uh, podcast as well and, okay. um, hmm. well you know creed i think we're going to continue discussions through messaging and you know sure. and you know every time that's I, fantastic your, your podcast your posts and everything and um you know they've led me to do you know my own research into things that i um you know that i never considered and. It's been eye-opening for me and, you know, I can just so appreciate what you do Um, because I just get the sense that it's not easy work. It's not easy work and you probably never know what direction it might bring you in and how, in in that, how people are going to respond or, you know, but I, I would hope and I would think that you're, you get more positives out of this you know yeah so uh
1: thanks susan i really appreciate the opportunity to be on today um and you know again i just want to acknowledge your your vulnerability and sharing a little bit about yourself and your story today that's that's big stuff to be open about that so thank you
0: okay well thank you for everything and uh i will talk to you soon sounds great thanks for being here and for your vulnerability. Thanks, Susan. Okay, take care.